In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of the blessed month of Hatur, and as I mentioned last week, the theme of this Coptic month is listening to the Word of God in our life. And today the Gospel is from Matthew chapter 13, and it's the parable of the sower. And we discussed the parable of the sower last week. And last week I spent all of my time speaking about the wayside. And we discussed four reasons or causes of why someone might be in the wayside. And actually the wayside does actually like not a nice topic because nobody should be in the wayside. The wayside are the people who reject the word of God in their life. And unfortunately the only way out of the wayside is to be visited by the grace of God. This grace will convict me that I need to change my life. That's why in the story of the prodigal son, there's a beautiful part that says, He came to himself. He came to himself. He was in the wayside. He rejected the will of his father. But after all that he had done, he came to himself. He realized he was living wrong. He realized that there was a much better life for him in his father's house. How did he come to this realization? I can only say he came to this realization by the grace of God. And how did all the great saints change their lives? St. Moses, St. Mary of Egypt is only by the grace of God in their life. Today I want to speak to you about the other types of ground mentioned in this beautiful parable. The rocky or the stony ground, the thorny ground, and the good ground. I don't think we're going to have time for all three, but we'll try to get through as many as we can. As I mentioned last week, the point of this parable is that we need to examine ourselves to determine what type of ground are we. Are we the, the wayside? Are we the stony ground? Are we the thorny ground? Or are we good ground? Let's start with the rocky ground. Our Lord, He explained what the rocky ground is. He said, He who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet when he has no root in himself, yet he has no root in himself but endures only for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. One of the biggest differences between the wayside that we talked about last week and the other three types of ground is that the wayside, as we mentioned last week, the word of God doesn't penetrate them at all. Khalas, like doesn't, it's just, it goes over their head. It, like the birds eat it before, you know when you're feeding the birds and you throw the bread, it doesn't hit the ground. It's gone. From the beginning. The, the nice thing about the wayside, or the, not the wayside, the nice thing about the rocky ground, the thorny ground, and the good ground, is actually the seed is able to penetrate. And the seed starts to make a dent into the rocky ground. And actually the, 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 the rocky ground, it says, they receive the word of God with... With joy. The problem with the rocky ground is that this joy is extremely short-lived. Extremely short-lived. I come to church. I take communion. I enjoy liturgy. I like hearing the word of the, go- the gospel. But the moment I leave the church and I'm hit with life's problems, I'm back to my old self. This is the rocky ground. The rocky ground has little endurance. 
Any slight discomfort, any tribulation, any persecution causes the word of God to wither in my heart. And there's a character in the Bible that reminds me of the rocky ground. This character is the prophet Jonah. Jonah, he preached to Nineveh, and he went and he sat, after he had preached, he went and sat on the east side of the city. He wanted a nice spot to watch the fireworks, and he was waiting for God to bring down, like fire and brimstone, to destroy the city of Nineveh. And while he was waiting, the Lord prepared a nice plant for him. To give him shade, to give him shelter. And actually it's written that Jonah said he was very grateful for this plant. But then the next morning dawned and that plant withered. And then the joy that Jonah had quickly turned into despair. And Jonah said he wished death for himself said, it is better for me to die than to... What happened, Jonah? You were so happy just a few hours ago. Why are you now so sad? This incredible swing from joy to sadness is the rocky ground. The rocky ground is tied to some emotions that I want us to, to investigate. The rocky ground is an angry person. The rocky ground is a resentful person. The rocky ground could be a depressed person. Because anger, resentment, depression, all these emotions, they remove my joy. So these are the emotions that characterize the rocky ground. These are the rocks that are in the rocky ground. The joy that I receive from the Word of God, I forget because I become angry. Or because I, like, I, you know, some people have destructive thoughts playing in their head over and over and over again. And then they come and they hear the word of God and they press pause on those destructive thoughts. But then the moment they leave, guess what? They press play again and then the same thoughts keep, keep playing in their mind. The rocky ground needs to remove all of these rocks, these harmful emotions, so that the word of God can grow effectively. The rocky ground... The rocky ground believes trial and tribulation are the rocks. And they believe that if I didn't have trial or tribulation in my life, my life would be so happy. But that's not what the rocks are. The rocks are my emotional, like the bad emotional response to the trials and tribulation. You think the good ground, do you think the good ground doesn't face trial and tribulation? The good ground faces the trial and tribulation. But the response to those trials and tribulations are very different. That's why when the Lord was discussing the rocky ground, He said, some seed fell on stony places, but they did not have much earth. And immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were... What did the sun do to them? The sun scorched them because they had no root and they withered away. So what scorched the seed? What scorched the seed? The sun. The sun is what scorched the seed. And the sun is something that is actually very necessary for plants. 
Plants convert sunlight into food. So the sun that should strengthen the plant is actually what? Destroyed the plant. Are you following? The idea is that trials and tribulations, either they can make you stronger in your faith, or they can destroy your faith. So either trials and tribulations can make you stronger in your faith, or they can destroy your faith. One thing is clear from scriptures, though, is that God uses trials and tribulation to strengthen our faith. That much is very clear from scripture. For our faith to grow, trials and tribulations cause the roots to go deeper into our hearts. For us to realize that no matter the circumstance, God is with me. And that He can use this tribulation in my life for His glory. One farmer, he did an experiment where he sheltered tree saplings from wind and weather. And he thought that by protecting it from the wind and from the weather, the tree was going to be able to bear more fruit. But what he found was that by protecting the sapling from the weather and from, and from the wind, he found that the tree did not bear any roots. And so actually, his protection actually caused the tree to become lazy. It became a lazy tree. It didn't feel the need to dig or to extend its roots anymore. And the same is true with us. Without trials and tribulations, we might become lazy in our faith. We might become faithless in our faith. Trials and tribulations, they shouldn't take away our joy. Actually, the trials and tribulations, if we look at them through the lens of faith, actually the trials that bring us pain, they can actually bring us joy. They can bring us joy. That's why when you look at the cross, is this a source of joy or is this a source of pain? Or I should have said it the other way. Is it a source of pain or is it a source of joy? What was a source of pain, what was bitter affliction, when you look at it through the eyes of faith, this becomes a source of joy. And the same is true about all our trials and tribulations. That's why St. James, he said in his epistle, look at how he said it. He said it, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Look at what the psalmist says in the long psalm. He said, if your law had not been my delight... I would have perished in my affliction. I would have perished in my affliction. The rocky ground needs to be aware of these emotions of anger, resentment, and bitterness. These are the rocks that we need to remove from our life. Let's talk about the thorny ground. The thorny ground, our Lord said, He who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. 
The good news about the thorny ground is that the good seed is actually growing. It's growing very well, actually. It's sprouting. It's coming out. It's actually almost about to bear fruit. The only problem is, is that there's something else growing, too. There are thorns growing in the field. So this is like someone who has an active spiritual life. I try to read. I try, I'm reading the Bible. I try to pray. I try to do this. I do all of these things. I care about my spiritual life. But at the same time, I have a lot of thorns in my field. And those thorns are also growing. And I'm growing in sin. And I'm growing deeper in, in love of sin. And eventually what will happen is is that the love of sin starts to grab and choke the word of God. So then after you feel like, I don't want to do anything holy, or I don't want to do anything like anything good anymore. The cares of the world, they choke the good seed. When we prioritize the things of this world over our spirituality, and... There's one emotion that characterizes, actually several emotions, I told you some emotions that characterize the rocky ground, several emotions that characterize the thorny ground. One emotion of the thorny ground is anxiety. Anxiety. Like many of us, if you know the story of Martha and Mary, Martha and Mary, so busy, and we have so much busyness to go on. But when Martha asked the Lord to rebuke Mary for just sitting at the feet of Christ, the Lord told her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. You are worried and troubled about many things. The Lord told her, you're so anxious and disturbed because you care too much about the worldly things. Mary prioritized being with the Lord. Martha prioritized being... In the kitchen or doing work. Too many people, they prioritize so many other things above their spirituality. Above their spirituality. We need to be conscious of of this. And to put our spirituality first. Another emotion that characterizes the thorny ground is... He says it in the the passage. He says greed. It's greed. Greed is so destructive. A greedy person is never content. A greedy person always wants more. St. John Chrysostom, he said, happiness can only be achieved by looking inward and learning to enjoy whatever life has. And this requires transforming greed, transforming greed into gratitude. Transforming greed into Gratitude. Unfortunately, our culture prioritizes the cares of this world, the riches of this world, more than the Word of God. Some youth were telling me about a clip they saw somewhere. And to be honest, I didn't see the clip. I'm just going to relate to you what they told me. So, I don't know. If you can find it, you can go see it. But it was basically one entrepreneur asking another very, very, very rich celebrity entrepreneur about, and he needed some advice. And the one entrepreneur, he had a dilemma. His business was growing so much, and his business was starting to take over his life. And the wife was not happy about this. His wife wasn't pleased. 
And so the entrepreneur was asking this other very successful entrepreneur, what should I do? And so the other entrepreneur said, how much is your business worth? And the guy said, four million. And so then the, the, the rich like entrepreneur said, I could find four million other people that would be happy to take your wife's spot. And that's what our society is starting to value. That, is, that shows you what our society values. I would rather break a family, break a home, break whatever, just for materialism, for more money, for more wealth. And the interesting thing is that first, if you notice, the thorns, they choke the word of God. Okay, fine. The thorns will choke the word of God. You knew that. But then the thorns, they don't just stop there. Actually, the thorns choke everybody. So then, the thorns, they'll go for God, and they choke God, and they kick God out. Okay, And then next, the thorns are going to come for what else is growing in the field. So, if a wife is there, I'm going to choke the wife. Okay, we choke the wife. I'll give you four million other reasons and four million other people that would be happy to take your spot. Okay, choke her. Done. Got rid of the wife. Broke the family. Then, what's left? It's yourself. And then the thorns keep growing, and then... The thorns are going to choke you and turn in on you. The thorns have to consume... And they choke everything in its path. This is the thorny ground. The thorns, they do not coexist. Everybody in society is saying, just coexist, be nice. No, you can't coexist because the thorns are going to come and choke you and take over. So we need to remove the thorns in our life. Another emotion that plagues the thorny ground is hopelessness. Hopelessness. The devil, that is so discouraging. So discouraging. Because every time I start to grow in my spiritual life, I want to grow, the devil comes and knocks me down. And he chokes me. And every time I grow and I take one step forward, I feel like I take a few steps backwards. And doing this over and over and over again leads to someone to feel... Hopeless. You have an exam and you want to take it and you've studied very hard and you fail. And then you try again and you fail again. And then you try again and you fail again. What is this person going to feel? Hopeless. And then many people now, they feel hopeless in their spiritual life. I tried to remove this thorn out of my life. I can't remove it out of my life. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. It keeps choking me, choking me, choking me. So now I feel... Hopeless. And this can imagine like someone to feel like, I don't want to do any of this spirituality anymore. I've been choked. Every time I try, I can't do anything. That's what actually the Pauline Epistle today was about. The Pauline Epistle talked about the earth bearing thorns. And how this thorns, these thorns, the earth that bears thorns will be destroyed. And then St. Paul, after he says that, he says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope. The same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish. But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. The thorns, they choke our hope. 
so that we don't bear fruit. And that's why I feel confession is so, so, so important and unfortunately is not practiced like... And we have thorns growing in our life and we're not progressing in our spiritual life because we keep trying to take care of thorns and we keep trying and trying in health practices and we read books and we do all those things. But we're not honest with ourselves. We're not asking God to come in and take out the thorns that are growing in my field. And that is what confession is. Confession is saying, I need God to come into my field and to remove these thorns. Let's talk very quickly about the good ground. The good ground. The good ground does three things. The good ground, it hears the word of God. Until you heard the word of God, good. The next thing it does, it understands the word of God. That's why St. Anthony, he was sitting in seats like you. He heard one word from the gospel, but when he heard the word of the gospel, he understood it as a message to him to change his life. Hearing is one thing, understanding something else. We might read the scripture. Do you understand the scripture? The good ground understands the scripture. It understands the message that God is sharing with us. And the last thing about the good ground is that the good ground bears fruit. It bears fruit. It's a very fruitful life. And a fruitful life is very joyful. But one thing that I want to just leave you with is that do not be impatient for the fruit. I was just looking up. It takes seven years for an apple tree to bear fruit. From the seed to first fruit is seven years. And so, don't be discouraged in your march, in your spiritual life, if you don't see fruit yet. Fruit takes time. Fruit takes that I need to remove the rocks. I need to remove the thorns out of my life. And in due time, we will bear fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirtyfold. I hope each one today looks at their heart and sees what type of ground am I. Which type, which type of emotion do I need? Hopefully we can be, we want to be the good ground that hears the word of God and bears fruit 160 and 30 fold in Christ Jesus our Lord. Glory be to God forever. Amen.